everybody. Welcome back to a very special bonus episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. And with me this week on this bonus episode is an interview that I did with Fred Minnick. Uh, all about the festivals that he has coming up in the month of September. Hometown Rising, Bourbon and Beyond, and Louder Than Life. Some very, very cool and new stuff is happening with those festivals. And I wanted to take some time to talk to Fred about what it is uh, that he has going on with them. There's not much more I can tell you about it uh, other than letting the interview speak for itself. So without further ado, take it away, Fred and Perry. So I'm finally getting to sit down again with one of my favorite people to talk to for this show, and not just for the show, but in general, Mr. Fred Minnick. Fred, welcome back to the show, man. Perry, good to be back. Thanks yeah, for having me, man. Absolutely. It's a little bit of a rainy Friday morning, but it's been a while since we've uh, we've been able to sit down and chat. We're not drinking bourbon. We're drinking coffee this morning. Nice, hot, roasted java. Yeah, but I've got the iced coffee, which you made fun of me for. Uh, well, Also, I, you stiffed me on the... Uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the coffee this morning. I, 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 just I, I brought... Um, I didn't bring my wallet, and uh, I did the old classic <laughs> reached in my... In my pockets. <laughs> oh, I left my wallet oh, in the car. Can you oh get my. this? Can you cover this? Actually, yeah, times are it. tough. Time are are, tough. are I, they? I appreciate you getting me some coffee. <laughs> Look, man, surrounded by all the whiskey that you've got in here, I can't imagine that times are too tough. Well, there's no caffeine in the whiskey, so, you know. Oh, it's that kind of tough. I got you now. I got you now. <laughs> so I, I typically like to kind of start the show off by asking the people that are on, what have you been drinking recently or tasting in your in your case? Uh, you know, last night I was uh, knee deep in a bottle of uh, New Riff, and I just keep tasting that whiskey and keep tasting it, and I'm just blown away by how good that distillery is. I agree, and, and, and it's just like. You know, and I, I think it's, you know, for what I do, so I I review uh, bourbons and um, there's my tasting regimen and then there's what I actually drink, you know. Sure. And um, I, think, I think I would like to probably, you know, keep a lot of those a secret, but I'll be happy to say that I do drink. Uh, I've been drinking New Riff pretty regularly. Yeah. They've, they've just... They, the, that whiskey, it just hits the sweet spot for me. I've been uh, enjoying a couple of single barrel picks. Yeah, from them too. That yeah. kind of seems to be where they shine for me. Yeah, the the single barrel picks are great, and they seem to they seem to kind of touch a bunch of different sides of the spectrum. Like it's never like they, you're going to get a new riff pick and it just tastes like a caramel bomb or just an oak bomb. It seems like they're they're very varied. Yeah, uh, and what they're actually producing. Yeah, I think, and I and I think that's what's fascinating to me about them is that I've not been able to dial into their profile. Um, like most most distilleries, I'm able to dial into their profile pretty quickly. Even the single barrels will have kind of like a sure. particular note or like kind of a mouthfeel. Yeah, and New Rift doesn't have that, so that's why they are. So fascinating to me and why I probably keep drinking their bottles is because I want to see, like, if I can figure out, you know, their style. And I haven't yet. What, how have you found their rye? Uh, their rye is excellent. Um, I've always thought, um, I think rye is, is more forgiving at a younger age right, than, yeah. um, than, than bourbon. And, um, you know, their ryes definitely do not taste like it a three-year-old or a four-year-old you know depending what years you have but uh i've i found them to be quite uh quite good even complex i think what's interesting about that too just is is the fact that they are also 95.5 rise and at i feel like there's something to be said about the fact that at that age mm -hmm. at that young age that high rye mash bill High rye rye mash bill. Yeah, and they they worked <laughs> with Larry Ebersol, of course, the former master stiller at the um, former Seagram's plant that mm -hmm. became known as LDI and then later MGP, and so that was kind of, uh, I'd say, his influence. But also, you know, that's kind of the trend. You know, for a long time that was the trend of what people wanted, but their theirs do not have that kind of a dill pickle note in it, right? Um, that uh, that turns a lot of people away that you'll find in like 
uh, Bullet Rye, which is made at the uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, I'd, I'd say you're looking at you're looking at a rye that is extremely uh, palatable uh, for those uh, who are interested in rye, and you know, even if you don't like that high rye profile. I seem to remember you sharing a photo a while back of a, a bottle of Redemption rye that you had found in your in your basement or something yeah i find a lot of weird shit <laughs> in my, I, was, I was cleaning my i was cleaning my car out uh a while back and i found this bottle. it was like under the seat um you know and there was like um you know potato chips around i mean like <laughs> you're like i mean i have two kids and it just like even as if i try to clean the damn thing all the time you know my five-year-old would somehow sneak a um pop tart in and it would melt against the floor or something <laughs> but anyway so i was cleaning the car out and i found this uh this bottle from uh it from uh, it was from boston harbor a small distillery in um in the boston area of course and it was it was their single malt and um i was like yeah, yeah. What the hell? I mean, I I took it with me on a fishing trip, and I tasted, it and I was like, "Son of a bitch, this is good." <laughs> and then I tasted another. I, I got another bottle. I had another bottle in the office or something. Then I tasted, it and I was like, "This isn't as good as what was in my car." So I was like, "Hmm, maybe you know this under the under the seat uh, aging technique. Uh, it you know ameliorates the uh, these." these younger single malts I mean, Are you getting, i think you're onto something here no <laughs> pro, absolutely uh illegal um if you open it but uh, you know everybody out there try the experiment stick uh <laughs> grab a bottle that you don't think is any good stick it in your floorboard leave it in there for what i predict what i think was about six months make sure that there's that a pop tart that's uh, melted right yeah next you to want a pop tart maybe a potato chip by there too <laughs> just in case you know those you know the the marriage, the combo of the, of the whiskey and the pop tart uh, aromatics is where it's at. So what we are actually here to talk about today, though, is all of these awesome festivals. Yeah, that you have coming up. Absolutely. I guess we'll start with the newest one, though. Hometown Rising. Yeah. So I'm the curator for uh, Danny Wimmer Presents, which is a um, a national independent music promoter. It started by uh, Danny Wimmer, uh, who is a longtime uh, record executive and manager. You know, he, um, uh, you know, some of the bands he managed was like Puddle of Mud and his partner, Danny oh, wow. Hayes, uh, managed uh, Lincoln Park, for example. So they're very tied into the music industry. So everyone's always like, how did you get these big acts? I was like, well, the actual stars behind these festivals are Danny Wimmer and Danny Hayes. Sure. They're like, uh, they're like icons in the, in the music industry. And the fact that they are an independent, uh, very uh, strong promoter nationally in a time that everything is basically conglomerates is, uh, is a testament to how good they are. And so I like to think of Danny Wimmer as kind of like a mad scientist. And he brought me in about you know three years ago to start adding like uh, cool bourbon elements uh, to things. And that was, you know, the first you know, festival that we had together was Bourbon and Beyond. And Bourbon and Beyond, of course, is now, you know, it's third year in. Last year we got rained out, unfortunately. We've got a new site this year, um, very strong site but at the fairgrounds. And it is, um, it's, it's very, very exciting to see, you know, what, we, what we've accomplished. Like you, and uh, he's always wanted to do a country show. And country makes a lot of sense here in Louisville, right by Nashville. Everyone here you know, has their pickup trucks and the two windows down blasting uh, George Strait or, or Garth Brooks or someone. And so he put together uh, what I believe and what many say is the best country lineup festival of the entire year. So we have Tim McGraw on Little Big Town, Dwight Yoakam, Trace Atkins. That's the first day with a lot of other great names. Yeah. And then on Sunday... Uh, You've got, uh, so that's uh, Sunday, September 15th, you got Luke Bryan, Keith Urban, Brett Young, Jake Goins, and then Brett Michaels, which uh, I think a lot of people don't crazy. realize that he's, he does country. But, I, uh, I didn't really know that. Yeah, so, so Brett Michaels, who is, you know, a rocker in his own right, <laughs> um, is a countryman now. And this is basically 
this, the, the music lineup on this. If you're a country fan, you're not going to find anything better. But I also have uh, a little bourbon component. So you'll have, you'll have, I've got, uh, I've got some stars on stage with me, some of the country stars on stage with me. That's really cool. Where I'm going to, um, where I'm going to taste whiskey with them, and we're gonna we're gonna educate them about it, and then we're gonna have some nice uh, uh, kind of bourbon 101 and bourbon histories and everything. Um, it's gonna be great, and then um, and then we've also got like a dance floor. You know, country music oh, cool. is all into like the dancing. Yeah, like, that's really cool. Like the line dancing and two stepping. So you might see me out there trying to. You know, tripping over myself, bebopping <laughs> or whatever. But uh, this is, to me, this this festival is a dream come true. If you are, um, if you are a huge um, country music fan. So, how does the uh, you kind of touched on a little bit? How has the bourbon curating side of this differed from bourbon and beyond? Because you're neck deep with bourbon and beyond yeah because the bourbon aspect is the the star of the show yeah so what you'll see is um the big bourbon bar will be there um some some uh distillers only wanted to be at bourbon and beyond some wanted to be at all three festivals um you know in the reason why is not actually it, it's not actually um for any reason other than they they don't know if they can supply it like <laughs> Sure. I mean, there there will be some some brands will like go through you know sixty cases in a weekend, which for uh, a small brand, you know that could be their entire allocation for Louisville in in uh, for a quarter. You know, so this even even though these are festivals, you know we pour and people are drinking responsibly. You know, more bourbon here, um, you know, than anywhere else from a festival perspective. And so they the the activations of like the the barbecue and bourbon, uh, the bourbon tiki bar, the big bourbon bar, those will all still be there. What will not be at bourbon or at hometown rising that will be at bourbon and beyond is the Kentucky Gold uh, bourbon stage, and that's oh yeah, and that's where we have like full blown seminars, uh, the seminar stuff for hometown rising will actually take place in in the uh, big bourbon bar okay still very cool though yeah yeah, yeah I, I i first of course heard about hometown rising last year during the bourbon and beyond um press event i and i've been excited about it since you all announced it and you're I think coming right is, oh yeah i'll right. be there both days um I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so on that note though Mm-hmm. What I think is our our favorite event, my baby, Bourbon and Beyond. Mm-hmm. This is a stacked lineup that you guys have this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I mean, when when you talk about iconic musicians, uh, for me, it starts with Creedence Clearwater Revival, John Fogarty. We have him. On uh, the Wild. first day, Friday, September twentieth. Then you got Led Zeppelin, like the greatest band of all time, Led Zeppelin. And we have Robert Plant on Saturday. And oh, by the way, on Friday we also have the Foo Fighters on Sunday, Zach Brown Band, and ZZ Top. That is insane. So you gotta insane. be insane. I'm gonna be a sharp dressed man while I'm watching. Them. <laughs> I'll be there in my ascot and suit, cheap you know. sunglasses. Uh, I actually only have cheap sunglasses. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I can't keep up with sunglasses. So. I've lost more pairs of Oakley's. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I probably, from the time I was, when I was playing baseball, it's like everyone had to wear Oakley's and I lost them like every freaking day. So I just gave up. Yeah. I'm sure can. my eyes are, you know, being punished for it, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but so Bourbon and Beyond, this is the. This is the creme de la creme of, of lineups uh, for the, the music fan of, of Americana. You know, it's got everyone in there. If you, I mean, Hall & Oates. You know, Hall & Oates is like, oh my gosh, they're, yeah. they're incredible. I, one, there, are two, there are two musicians that are on this lineup that, uh, to me, are like 
ultra rising stars in the 20 years they're to me they're going to be as big as like the foo fighters and zach brown band and that is grace potter yes grace potter Absolutely. is just climbing the charts uh she has an amazing uh voice her uh cover of white rabbit was sent chills down my spine and then you've got willie nelson's boy lucas nelson and the promise of real Lucas Nelson is an amazing guitar player, and he's also got his his father his father's voice, but with more um, that's deeper, and you can feel it more. And like when he's yeah. singing and playing the guitar, I feel it, man. That's like, awesome. And so I love his music. I think he's I think he's someone um, that he's he's currently in his dad's shadow. I mean, for God's sake, well, his sure. dad's Willie Nelson, but. I think this festival will be one of the moments where he starts stepping out of his shadow and people start seeing him for who he is. So be- between those two and, and really everybody else is on the lineup, mm-hmm. who's the dark horse this year? Who is your, your must-see? Uh, um, Le- yeah, so in addition to those to those two, I think Leon Bridges um, on Sunday is incredible. He might be who I'm most excited about. Yeah, that. he is... He's got soul. He's got, um, you know, the writing is incredible. Um, but, you know, there, so Robert Plant, obviously, but there's a band in here that has a, I have a very, very emotional, personal connection to, and that's Live. Live is the, the they're on uh, September 20th. And they were uh, during, a, so I grew up in Oklahoma, and the Oklahoma City bombing had a huge impact on my life and all, you know sure. every, everyone around me, and that happened in April nineteenth, uh, nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. And there was a a radio station there that took um, a live song and chopped in all all of the the sounds and scenes of everything of the uh, uh, that was happening around the bombing, yeah. and that is just like one of those. One of those things that's implanted in my brain that kind of like had a you know takes me back to well you know when I had my innocence when my innocence was basically taken yeah. that, that was that moment and so live has a has a very personal connection to me but all these bands are incredible. Um, Del McCory is is one. Where, what what day is he on? I, I, let's see. I just saw. It. Oh, he's on Saturday. He's on Saturday. Del yeah. McCory to me, if you're if you're a blues musician. Or if you if you like the bluegrass, or if you like the the blues, I, I just like that. I, li- I like his sound, and he's a, a classic uh, bluegrass musician who actually picked with uh, the Bill Monroe. So, uh, oh wow, just so many great great bands and musicians. Yeah. Uh, just kind of glancing over it, Ben So Lee is going to be there, a great local artist. Yeah, Kurt Vile is going to be on Sunday. I think Kurt Vile is one of those kind of um, unsung heroes right now, but Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the fact that Joan Jett's going to be playing. I know. And beyond. Well, it, it's it, it's amazing, but yeah, it's kind of skipped <laughs> over. The, but Cherry Bomb, baby. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's iconic. You know, there's there's um, there's another podcast that uh, does like metal. Or does like rock and roll and music, and they have polls every every um, every week on Instagram of like who was the best here. That you know, Joan Jett is like has got a lot of fans out there in the whiskey community. I think she made it to like uh, the final eight for like the best. Oh my gosh, that's like awesome. lead singer. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, Blackberry Smoke. I've actually seen uh, before. I saw them open for Gary Clark Jr. a few. Yeah, back. Blackberry Smoke is 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 a band that you everybody knows, and they've got like um, one or two like really ultra big hits like This Town. And, but I think people are always surprised to hear their other music. And, yeah. and, it, and when it comes to like what becomes a hit, I'm always kind of surprised. Like I, I I just oh yeah. I like I you know you think you hear something you really like it and it's like it doesn't take off yeah um, you know like this uh, this thing going on with uh, Old Town Road Little Naz like I I mean I heard that 
and um, I was like, this is good, <laughs> but I ne- I would have never predicted this, but I'm, my five-year-old's running around seeing an old town road, <laughs> and my... And I've I've heard like eight year olds singing. I was like, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. It's like it's like he he connect that song connected with like kids. Yeah, and that's uh that's that's a win. I can't hear that song one more time. I just I I cannot do it. It's <laughs> that guy is a great story though. I I I think he's a fantastic person. I I love. Yeah. He he's so funny too, but I can't I can't hear that song again. Uh, uh, someone someone like that like it's it you know the the big the big thing moving forward for a for a person with that kind of a hit is like what's next you know and and i as as a human being i'm like i hope he um i hope he crushes it well, i'll tell you what's next is you get uh new riff picks named after oh. songs that you do <laughs> That's from the Nashville Bourbon Society. Oh, I love it. Old Town uh, Road. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty great. For those who can't uh, see, obviously no one can see this. There's no um, video in here. <laughs> uh, Perry just gave me a, uh, a single barrel pick from New Riff, which you know, we were just whom we were just talking about. And it's got signed Perry R, one of one. And there's a little sticker, and there, there's this whole thing from uh, in, in the bourbon mu- movement where people like to do stickers on on bottles. And this um, this has Old Town Road with a, a Nashville backdrop to it. So very coincidental that he had that, and we were talking about Old yeah. Town Road. Yeah, it's a it's a good bottle. We don't try anything today or if we do try anything today yeah i can't yeah i can't uh i can't taste anything today because i I have to get on the road here in a bit and gotta be responsible this this is one of the things about being a professional Mm -hmm. uh whiskey person is like i do not mess around with that and i've been oh no i've been doing this for almost 15 years and i've seen a lot of people come and go and it is not a this is not an industry that is forgiving if you get you know get yourself in trouble yeah and also For people sure. people need to like realize too like you know the you, you got to be in a good place to taste you can't just taste all the time yeah absolutely so. absolutely well speaking of tasting let's talk about the bourbon lineup for bourbon and beyond this year yeah so well. this this has the what's on here is the actual big bourbon bar so this is what's going to be served in the big bourbon bar now there's more bourbon throughout uh the facility right or for throughout the uh the festival grounds but the big bourbon bar is basically bigger than a football field one long bar everyone's got like two cocktails and this to the, this is the heartbeat of the festival yeah. this is where everyone goes to have a drink and i remember the first year eddie vetter was playing and people were going back to the big bourbon bar uh to get to get more whiskey to go back to watch eddie vetter and somebody tweeted like uh never in my life would i think what I think I would see uh, people leaving uh, Eddie Vedder's like acoustic performance <laughs> for uh, for go bourbon. Get, go get bourbon. But uh, that is, I mean, it's wild. But bourbon is the star here, and so yeah, yeah, it's what it is. But so we have we have the big bourbon bar. We you know we got things like uh, speakeasies throughout, and um, we've got my bar, the Fred Minnick Mini Bar, where you will be able to find. Um, uh, the craft bourbons that I have personally selected to be in there. So we have New Riff, Bluegrass Distillers from uh, from Lexington, and MB Roland from Western Kentucky. In addition to that, you'll be able to get the uh, barrel picks that we did with Kroger. And we have, I think, 15 barrels uh, oh that, that we selected from, um, you know, from various distillers. That's up from a lot. Or up a lot from last year. Well, right? let me let me tell you about Kroger. Uh, <laughs> Kroger. Tell me about Kroger, friend. Kroger is our is our retail partner for Bourbon and Beyond. Actually, all three festivals, and they were like, "Hey, can we sell these barrel picks?" And we're like, "Yeah, absolutely." And Chris Blanford's his name. I love him, and he's like, "Hey, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Can we?" I was like looking at the list. I was like. I was like, Chris, we're we're like up to fifteen or sixty now. He's like, I know. Do you think we should add some more? I'm like, Chris, I mean, I, I you we know, can, I was but... like, we can't, but we gotta. 
maybe slow down for a minute, <laughs> you know? And, and so we get we get all caught up in this, and um, obviously the, the bourbon distillers love this. You know, that's this is something it's uh, they get very excited about, too, because it's like they get to show off the best stuff, uh, or at least what we think is their best stuff. Anyway, the frustrating part to me is, is like we pick it, and then you have to wait like three friggin' oh, months, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like that that process has got to change like i'm i I really mean that like if there's any distillers out there listening you got to figure this out because it is not uh it is not customer friendly (laughs) experience well no and i mean takes way too long you're kind of getting a different product at the end of it than than what you and this is where jack daniels does it so much better really so we we picked uh a couple jack daniels barrels too they have them already bottled, so they will they will actually dump the barrels. Now it takes a little bit out of the romance. You're you well, know, sure. you're pulling out the whiskey from the barrel, and I, if you've never done a barrel pick, that's a big deal. But um, you know they already have them bottled. Everything's ready to go, and it's really to me that is um, that is way way more efficient. It, but also Jack Daniels, that that brand, um, you know, it is obviously the category leader in in not just you know American whiskey but all whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. But they like, you know, they think they think of things uh, to improve efficiency all the time. Like they're really really good at that at Jack Daniels. Yeah. What I was getting at though is that like you know, you pick the the whiskey, and then it essentially sits in the barrel absolutely for three months so you're not yeah. getting the same single barrel product no essentially that no. you yeah picked i mean originally. there there's changing ha- there's change happening to it unless it was dumped and tanked uh-huh um and and you you may get you know who knows maybe during that process there was a good flow of oxygen that came into that barrel and completely changing it yep. and like you get new you get new oxygen in, entered to it or maybe you know, um, you know Johnny, who you brought with you on the on the bourbon barrel selection thing, was chewing some big cinnamon red and flicked it off, <laughs> oh. you know, and it, it happened to dribble in through the bunghole, and then you got Johnny's big cinnamon red flavoring up your whiskey, you know. So I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not. That's probably never happened. But, I hope not, man. But I hope um, not. but well, you you are looking at uh, some some changes to it yeah and it is you know it is what it is i mean those are big clunky barrels things uh there's a huge demand for them you know the distillers are like well you know what we have so much demand everybody wants everything everybody wants everything all the time and if it's good you know there's a there's a long line out the door sure i mean if it sucks no one's knocking on the door yeah so that's the that's the story. Another one that seems to really get it right, though, is Jim Beam with their Knob Creek picks. I've been there before where they, you know, you pick it and they dump it and they go ahead and yeah. bottle it for you. Yeah, they, 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 they've got a, they did something smart where they built an entire facility specifically for this. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so they, they did it right. But you're also, you know, when it comes to the Knob Creek stuff... You don't see the demand on it, you know. Like people don't get all um, batshit crazy over over a barrel pick on it. I mean, people like it. Uh, I personally think it's fantastic, yeah. but you don't you don't really see that same level of enthusiasm, and I don't really understand why. Um, I don't either. I mean, it right now we're seeing just a saturation of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old single barrels hitting the market sure it's slowing down a little bit and getting closer to the the nine years but for 45 to 50 dollars for a 15 year old bourbon yeah at 120 proof i mean that that is it's wild to me that more people don't buy into that yeah there's the i don't know if that gets caught into the um negative feelings people have toward beam which is you know prominent um there's also like there's also something to say about 40 the 45 dollar thing is not 
it, it doesn't really if you're someone that's not into bourbon that's not a price that gets you to thinking it's really you know really fancy or something sure but i don't know it's uh, to me knob creek is a is an underrated product um and you know there's plenty of it for for people though out of the know do you see them still associating buffalo er, pff, knob creek not buffalo trace uh, knob creek with jim beam because i don't know no, I, no, no the, one knows no one knows yeah because I, I didn't think that the the brand they've got it's a, association was there you you have to look at it no but people in the know which is you know let's let's face it like are the people who we're in the circles with they're the you know that they're, they're following bourbon like you would a sports team and um that that genre has um has had a negative opinion for on uh, on beam since they uh raised the uh price on bookers yeah and absolutely. there's and there's also you won't see a lot of people admit it but there's like this weird xenophobia to uh into the fact they're owned by the Japanese, that's always bothered me. But uh, you see that a little bit. When the fact is, they don't have they don't have that same uh, level of xenophobia for like Blantons or Four Roses, but they have they have applied it to uh, Beam, which is now owned by Suntory, a Japanese company. But so, I think um, I, I think a lot of the ridicule Beam gets is uh, is is about to pass over because it's been. It's shifting over to Heaven Hill now. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. So oh, so oh, right no. now Heaven Hill's in the middle of like they're increasing some prices and they've been doing some stuff that uh, has uh, has really rubbed people the wrong way. And and you know what? It's I I think it's hard to run a um, a spirits company where where your your core you know brands have been built on value and you're looking at you're looking at your portfolio you're looking at your competition and you're like how can um how can we make more money and the obvious thing is like the demand is there let's increase prices um and studies show that when you when you increase prices you actually help uh, the sales like yeah. people will buy more but i think what we have in our little niche of a bourbon community is that you're starting to see people feel like bourbon is leaving the ones who brought them to the dance and that is dangerous that is dangerous uh because i have been in meetings I have been in um, uh, covering things where I heard them talking about uh, we need to focus on the uh, the people we don't have. And so, like, for example, a major, major company is discontinuing their efforts in um, their marketing and trade efforts into, like, things that are doing the same getting the same customers every year right they're trying to go go after the vogue the people who read vogue or um you know time magazine so they're trying to go after these broader audiences and that's very dangerous Mm -hmm. to me as a businessman because you know this is not you know half the country still doesn't drink you know and i i believe i believe in the growing the niche versus um ignoring the niche so when you look at not just uh, uh the united states as one of the the bourbon markets you look at how it's expanded mm-hmm. internationally too does that still kind of affect your view of how the the market is going right now because it kind of sounds like what you're talking about is we're on the downswing from the 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 boom um, I, I don't think we're necess- so internationally. The tariffs have been very damaging uh, to to brands like uh, the the distributors in Europe won't even talk to smaller distillers now. Uh, Jack Daniels has came out and said they're losing 125 million a year on the tariff. So you're looking at some very 
some very uh, possible signs, and they've also had some things that have kind of damaged consumer confidence. Uh, you know, the, the Jim Beam warehouse fire, for example, which was a very, it was a freak of nature. It was a lightning strike that caused yeah. it. You've had uh, the barrel collapses have been horrible press. Uh, and then you've had uh, all kinds of uh, drama in, in the community. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, the bullet the bullet story is is you don't get any you don't get any worse of a headline than that and so you 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 are seeing in my opinion what we are seeing is is a degradation of consumer confidence but sales are coming up um and it 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 is a there are some signs there that that trouble me but it's still it's still very much a um the boom is still very strong, and I still think we have another 20 years of it. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the industry can take any more warehouse collapses. I so, don't think so either. So fix those fucking warehouses. You Amen know? to that. Don't let's let's not let our let these precious distilleries um, get neglected. Put money into them. Yeah. You know. But then they have to increase the price of their product. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the double-edged sword. Yeah. Right. Well, let's uh, let's get back to talking about these festivals. <laughs> we kind of wandered off as, yeah, it's as what we, do, we are though. want to do. Yeah. Um, well, anything else about Bourbon and Beyond before we move on to Louder Urban Life? Yeah, so Bourbon and Beyond, we have we have these incredible seminars. Like, we have uh, this, a seminar, like, what is, oh, a, mas- yeah. what is a master distiller? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, the first seminar on the history of slavery in American whiskey which was prominent and people don't like to talk about yeah. it but um you know this is uh, there's that we have a seminar on bourbon disruptors people are kind of shaking up the industry a little bit and then you have um you know a lot of fun things like pairing beer with bourbon uh, oh, cool. how to make a highball um you know so it's it's fun it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be a very good very good seminar. A lot, lot of great seminars uh, for all for all those who have an interest in bourbon and those who don't. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that I have always really liked about Bourbon and Beyond is that while it may be a music festival, um, there's, of course, that huge component of bourbon with it as well. So everybody gets the opportunity to come and have a good time regardless of what it is that they enjoy. But then this last one... I think seems to be the most niche out of all of them. Yeah, so this is a uh, louder than life is a hard rock uh, festival. Mm-hmm. It's been going on since 2014, and this is really where Wimmer um, Wimmer shines. Like he's got he's got this uh, this is his his genre that they've basically commanded. They are the largest independent rock promoter, and they have um, Slipknot is the is the Friday band is the Friday opener and stand and a uh, day to remember. So if you're into if you're into heavy metal, you'll also like uh, Beartooth that day. Um, so there's a lot of great bands there. But Slipknot also just came out with a whiskey and it's it's pretty damn good. Oh, did they? Yeah, they came out with a whiskey. It's uh, made at the, an Iowa distillery uh, called Cedar Ridge. It's really quite tasty. Is is that going to be the thing from now on? Is that hard rock bands are just going to be coming out with whiskeys? It. Honestly, being on the inside, uh, they're calling. You know, That's they so interesting they want um, they want to get into the whiskey business because that audience drinks whiskey. They don't necessarily drink. Um, you know, they drink. This audience drinks Jack Daniels. Sure. Big time. Yeah. And the if I'm J- if I'm Jack Daniels, I'm I'm getting a little uncomfortable with these bands <laughs> starting whiskeys uh, because that. You know, it may not sound like a lot, but like you know, if they just start taking away here and there, you know. Um, but uh, I, I would be, I'd say we probably got about another five to ten. That's bands that would come out with whiskeys. That's so wild to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could see so bands that make sense uh, to do whiskeys would be someone like Aerosmith. You know, I, I you know if they if Steven Tyler ever wanted to go down that path, I, I think they would be like a good fit. Um, and a lot of these bands too are sober, and a lot of them will, will like True. 
won't have a um, they won't have a they'll have someone in the band who still drinks that plays a part in it like Metallica's you know they had they had, came out with uh, Blackened yeah James Hetfield and uh, Kirk Hammett are both sober mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Robert and Lars are both you know they both partook in it but they didn't really do anything you know they just let Dave Pickerel may he rest in peace do his thing and they kind of approved it Slipknot the the percussionist clown actually did the blending so i think that's that's wow yeah i think that's fascinating because the whiskey is good that's really cool and nice to hear too that it's not just kind of like the outsourcing of work to somebody else um and that that is really cool to me that they actually have a a good hand in it Mm -hmm. um and then saturday uh september 28th you have who was the biggest band of my generation, uh, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Wild. With uh, Godsmack and, you ready for this? Ice Cube, baby. I saw that and I was like, what How, What happened there? <laughs> Ice Does Ice Cube, Cube do hard rock now? Well, no. So it's like Ice Cube is hard, you know? And it's like, um, and when, you, when you're putting festivals together, you look at... You look at like the audience of the bands and yeah. like what they will bring, and so and that's why that's why Wimmer is such a mad genius when it comes to these. Is that this festival lineup is a it is a it is a creation that comes from like countless hours of thinking of who who would compliment whom, what what does it look like, you know that kind of stuff. It's just a um this is not easy obviously oh no but but the thing is is when you see this all take place on stage you're like wow and and you've got one stage here and you got another stage here and it's like music 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 there's no break yeah you know so you got constant uh the the stage managers are amazing this is a huge i I mean looking at the names of everybody who's going to be there Mm mm-hmm the headliners are all recognizable names. Yeah, Sunday you've got Disturb, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Breaking Benjamin, and and it's just like you, you just keep you just keep going. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just an incredible festival, and uh, you know these are these are fun. Yeah. So is there a bourbon component to Louder Than Life? So the big bourbon bar will still be there. Um, we may have a surprise uh, to announce later on, uh, but um, I can't talk about it at the moment. That's fun. <laughs> Little tease for you there. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, there will also be. Uh, there is one cool thing about this festival uh, that will shine. I think pretty big is Metallica's uh, Black and will have a really cool activation there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Man. So and so Metallic that that particular product is not available in stores right now in mm-hmm. kentucky but it will be you know by the time this rolls out very cool very cool fred is there anything else you want to say yeah about, one thing uh, one, about the festivals coming well the, up? the festivals are kind of uh you know for bourbon and beyond if you use my last name at the checkout you get a pretty nice discount. So put type in Minick. Oh, cool. M-I-N-N-I-C-K at checkout, and your listeners will get a uh, weekend pass, a general admission uh, weekend pass for uh, $99. That's great. Yeah, so and it's I think it's like $75 a day for uh, for it. That's awesome. But uh, So some other things that I'm doing that are really cool. We're about to uh, launch season two of uh, the Amazon Prime show. We're in the middle of you know editing getting the episodes there but i've got some big names like um uh jeffrey wright james bond actor and the golden golden globe award winner so he's uh he's one of my guests and um the magazine bourbon plus magazine has just been it's it's doing really well it's Good. growing and uh we've got uh, a lot of cool the next story is gonna the next cover story i'm very excited about because i'm i'm i like eating and it's about uh, <laughs> it's about baking with bourbon. Okay. So that's actually a lot harder than you might imagine. Very cool. 
I, w- I want to say one thing um, before we wrap it up. Uh, I, a few months back, um, I was rewatching the the Bourbon Up episode that you did with Dave Pickrell, mm-hmm. and I just had this kind of profound moment when I was watching it, realizing how important that interview was, and how important I think it will continue to be. And I sent out a tweet from the podcast page that said, um, after watching this this episode again, I see it being as important to bourbon and, and, and whiskey drinkers 10, 20, 30 years from now, like watching videos of Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. was for, for guitar players. For me, you know, as a guitar player too, in the in the twentieth and the twenty first century. Wow. And I, I I still I still believe that. I still hold true to that because there there was just this candid honesty and this realist this realism of watching you sit down with Dave. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it was a great timepiece that will continue to to shine for years to come. Well, I appreciate that. That yeah. that interview was was uh, was fun for the moment, um, but I think that Dave knew he was going to die uh, when I was talking to him there because he wanted to talk about his legacy, and that was something that he really needed to get out, and he and it was. Uh, I, I knew he had some health issues, sure. uh, and I think he knew that he had kind of crossed that line where there was like, you know, no return uh, because he he um, he just kept kind of going, and um, yeah, it was very sad. And the one the one thing that people like to point out in that is that he how I disagreed with him on on his whiskey and what he thought about it, and I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't that. I don't, I don't remember how I put it or what I said, but, you know, I've, I have retasted that and, uh, I had now have a different flavor pro f- flavor in my head because it, it was the, it was the last thing I ever drank with Dave. So it was the, uh, and so like, it has like more of an emotional connection to yeah. me and, um, it's, it's, we, we lost him, you know, and it's, and there's no replacing him and there's an enormous void. Yeah in the industry because um you know i mean he was he was big in stature and in <laughs> persona yeah so i just wanted to say that i didn't mean to bring everything down no well, that, i mean that's what we do we bring yeah. it up bring it down that's, yeah no that's kidding. life well fred i want to say thank you so much for coming back on the podcast it's been fun as always chatting with you absolutely i am so looking forward to september and to all these fantastic festivals that you get to go oh, back and yeah, enjoy. Oh, yeah, one one thing you can get uh you can get a pass for all three festivals and you can interchange it with people. It's called the Trifesta Pass. Nice. So, that's awesome. You can save a lot of money doing that. Very cool. So, one more time, Hometown Rising Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life all throughout the month of September. I'll be there. I'll be running around, going to some of the seminars, interviewing some of the folks that are going to be there as well. Had a great time last year, uh, despite the fact that I got rained out on the second day. Yeah, but. it was, uh, I think I still got a little PTSD from that. That was, uh, the fallout from that was, like, tough. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, yeah, when you get, when we got rained out, it was, um, it was tough because we worked really hard on this, yeah. you know. We Absolutely. Got, we, we worked really hard, and then, you know, and they, they refunded all the tickets. They did. And I just want people to realize, like, how few promoters do that, you know. So that's uh, that's the kind of company DWP is. Yep. And um, and I remember talking to Wimmer the day after, you know, we're surrounded in mud. And uh, he's out there with a shovel trying to, like, get the drainage going. And he had to, he made the decision shortly thereafter that he had to cancel, cancel Louder Than Life. And... Uh, I remember looking at him in his eyes, you know, and he was like, we're going to come back bigger and stronger. And you know what? 
I, I think, think it, we have. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. All right. I think that about does it. Let's rock, rock and roll. See you guys in uh, in a few weeks. Absolutely. At, at Bourbon and Beyond. Thank you, Fred. Cheers. My thanks again, as always, to the wonderful Fred Minnick. He is an absolutely superb person to have on the show. Always been very supportive of this and my bourbon podcast and the fun things that we have been doing. I will be, as we kind of talked about, present at Louder, or excuse me, not Louder Than Life. I will be present at Hometown Rising and Bourbon and Beyond, as we had kind of talked about already. So if you are planning on being there, please stop by and say hello. We'll be running around all over the place uh, doing interviews, going to some of the workshops, and doing really cool stuff over there. And those episodes will be coming out uh, in the weeks to follow. So be on the lookout for those as well. We are about done here with this episode. We're just going to wrap it up and let you know where you can find us on the internet. Uh, that is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're not already following us, please so, uh, go ahead and do so. We really do appreciate that. That's where we post a bunch of news, uh, stuff that's going on in the life of the podcast. And yeah, it's good stuff. If you would be so kind as to give the show a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that really does help us out, lets us find new listeners, and gives us the opportunity to branch out and meet new folks. We are always wanting uh, more people to check out the show. It's very important uh, to, you know, continue to grow the audience. You can head to bourbonshop.threadless.com to find all of our apparel and merchandise. Uh, we're going to have some new stuff going up there for Bourbon Heritage Month, as well as a sale in honor of Bourbon Heritage Month. So be on the lookout for that. Again, bourbonshop.threadless.com. If you're not yet a part of our Facebook group, you can head to Facebook and search for This Is My Bourbon Group, and we would be happy to add you on, uh, especially if you're a regular listener of the show. There's just some little questions there for you to answer to make sure that you are who you say you are. So, yeah, go and check that out. And then last but not least, patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a supporter of the show. And it really, really does help us out. You get awesome things like bonus episodes. You get to hang out with us uh, via Google Hangouts. You get some live streams just for the folks over there on Patreon. And uh, it's a good time. We really do appreciate it. There is a lot of work uh, that goes into developing and creating and making the show. And, uh, you know, the, the financial support is something that you know, not everybody can do, but if you can do it, we really do appreciate it. And it helps us out quite a bit. That does it for this bonus episode. Thanks again to Fred for being on this week. Uh, really looking forward to everything that we've got coming up in the next few weeks. That does it for me. I will see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast bonus episode.